pumped. Love it is December 12th, 2022, and that's a Monday. That means it's time for the Monday Night Main Stage where we talk about Detroit Lions football. Tonight, it's a Detroit Lions victory because it's Victory Monday. Detroit Lions beat the Minnesota Vikings 34-23. to It's also open mic night here on the main stage, which means you out there in Interland land can step up to the open mic and let your opinions or your questions be heard with our panel, and we will address them as best we can. We're also going to have a special guest, but let's not waste any more time. I'm your host, Mike. Out there on the West Coast, it's our good friend, Mr. Greg Rice. How are you, Greg? Feeling good today. Victory Monday. What more could you ask for against a division rival? Yes, sir. And also our illustrious producer and president of the Jared Goff fan club. It is Mr. Russell Wayne. 34-23, the Detroit Lions beat the Minnesota Vikings. What are your initial reactions to that, Russ? Well, my initial reactions is yes, we have arrived. We have arrived. We're putting the rest of the NFL on notice. You guys can throw all your laugh emojis in there, all that you want, but we're ready. We're ready to take over. There ain't a team in the NFL that wants to face us. What about you, Greg Rice? How about initial reactions from this great win? You know, uh, we, we did what we all predicted we were going to do. We were going to uh, come in and show up. You know, uh, the Vikings, uh, kudos to you guys. You're a good team. Um, I think your record is a little bit falsified. You've had some lucky circumstances and you ran into a team that no one in the NFL wants to see right now. Right. Well, L's L we always say L's L as Lions fans, but you know what? Dub's a dub. So they're a 10 and two team and we can't take anything away from Lions for being a 10 and two team. They're going to win the division likely barring some miracle. So let's let's pray for a miracle. Uh, we are actually still mathematically in it to win the division. So uh, nothing's off the table with this new breed of Lions. That's my initial reactions coming out of this win. I thought the game would be a lot closer than it was. Uh, the Lions seem to have complete control. Um, the defense allowed 22 yards rushing to one of the best in the business with Dalvin Cook. To me, that's my initial reaction is how well the defense played, but yet everyone's talking today about Jared Goff. So... But yet it was that defense that really stepped up to the plate. So uh, who was who the game breaker for you, uh, Greg? Or who was the faker? You had game breakers and fakers. Tell us you know, um, it's the strength of our team. And, and rather than just give it to uh, an individual player, I'm just going to go ahead and give it to our offensive line as in terms of game breaker. Uh, you know, this offensive line is never ranked lower than 12th all year, according to PFF. And this is despite not having one game with all five of our uh, season beginning starters on there, you know, with at some points in the season, having as many as three starters out, you know, um, you know, the caveat being the Cowboys in the Pats game, uh, shout out to Dan Quinn and Belichick. They really dialed it up on us. Other than that, this offensive line has played flawless. Like I said, despite having as many as three starters out at some time, you know, Panay Sewell catch. Come on. That was the icing on the cake. I mean, had enough my huge fans didn't want to see that at this point. Um, so as far as far as the fakers, I got to say, we played probably the least disciplined football I've seen in the last few weeks. Uh, seven penalties for 51 yards. We, we were going to have to clean that up, especially going into New York this week, if we want to uh, have a chance at taking this game. So, Yeah, great point. One ghost penalty last week, and this week they come back with seven. Though we were having a real hard time with some of the calls. I think it was a terribly officiated game 
all the way around. I think uh, Minnesota got some really bad calls as well, potentially yeah. game changing calls for Minnesota as well. Mm -hmm. So definitely a good call out on that. And uh, I love that you call Panay Sewell as a game breaker on the offensive line and as a receiver out of the backfield. So <laughs> I like that. Uh, how about you, Russ? Who's a game breaker and who's a faker? Well, I mean, obviously a game breaker. I'm president of the Jared Goff fan club, so I'm going <laughs> to stick with my man, Jared Goff, proving all the haters wrong, just dropping dimes, three touchdown passes. And, uh, I mean, doing it on the biggest stage. It's, he's doing something that Matt Stafford never did here, and that's beat winning teams. So let's go, Jared Goff. Now, for a faker, gosh, I'm going to have to put a faker out there to uh, Dalvin Cook, dude. Man, I thought you was the best running back in the lead. Whoop, whoop. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> Shots fired. Oh. <laughs> The Minnesota Viking uh, rushed for, excuse me, <coughs> 22 <laughs> yards. That's what we gave up for the whole game. Uh, everybody's <laughs> talking about this offense. It's amazing to me. So uh, kudos to the defense. They, they, they really did an outstanding job. Uh, my, for my game breaker, though, uh, I got to go with DJ Chark. He led the team in, in receiving. He had a touchdown. That throw from Jared Goff on that play was money. That was a total pro quarterback throw. 55 yards in the air on a dime so uh definitely Jer I, i'm gonna i'm gonna let you take all the jared goff love i'm gonna <laughs> spread around he spread the ball around really well khalif raymond had a couple of big catches uh, i always love the contributions of khalif raymond he seems to try so hard out there and uh just the receiving core everyone just a great game this team is on a roll five out of six that moves us to our next talk of course one touchdown scored by rookie Jamison Williams on a 41 yard pass uh what's your comments on Jamo scoring in his first catch there Greg um you know when it so last week was technically his debut so I'll just call this his coming out party you know this is exactly what we all needed to see this is a guy who got loose looked like a little bit of a busted coverage you know not having Harrison Smith in there I'll, I'll give the Vikings a little pass on that but this is the guy that we brought in to do exactly this to get loose behind that secondary and just really open things up um you know uh when it comes down to it you guys we've been thirsty for a deep threat since marvin jones or dare i say kenny galladay sure a lot of giants fans would disagree with that um it, we, it just really hasn't been there there's no shot at amon ross st brown love him one of the most complete receivers just in terms of being that total deep threat though this is what we brought on uh, DJ Shark and uh, JMO for, you know, um, and, another, and, and a big, big, big shout out for his pass blocking grade uh, or excuse me, run blocking grade. PFF graded him out at 80.9. If you guys seen that hit that he put on that uh, Vikings defender uh, for that run, that was absolutely brutal. <laughs> um, you can see this guy has gutter potential on special teams. Not that we'll use him there just because of his elite athleticism, but Man, not, not just the deep ball catch, but but we look to have something really special with JMO. Yeah. Doesn't he seem awfully slightly built, though, Russ? What do you think? You know what? Here's what I want to say about Jamison Williams. It is an embarrassment of riches that we have here. So it's like you're showing somebody your car collection, right? And you go out and you're like, all oh, right, you got you got Josh Reynolds, you got you got DJ Shark, you got Amon Rice St. Brown. So you got this like, you know, this old old school like Mustang. You got a, a Corvette and you got a 
you know, a, a, a jacked out like beetle bug, right? That's just like pimped out, right? And then you're like, hey, hey, you want you want to see the Lamborghini? <laughs> you you, you want to see the Lamborghini? And then Jameson, yeah. Then then Goff like, okay, I'm gonna show him the Lamborghini. And then he, you know, he took him for a spin in the Lamborghini. And there's Jameson Williams wide open in the end zone right there. It's an embarrassment of riches. They're planning for Amon Ra, Reynolds, and DJ Shark, and they can just put in Jameson wherever the hell that they want. This is dangerous for the rest of the NFL guys. And if you don't see that, you ain't looking hard enough. Man, that is a Russism all the way. I love it, man. That you get analogy of the year right there. JMO is a Lambo. He's a nice. Lamborghini, baby. He's a Lambo. I love it. Uh, so yeah, so that brings us to our next topic, and I'll just keep it right here with you since our topic is the golf fence. Uh, let me tell me, Russ. Um, you can click the link right down in the description and go to NFL Shop right here on the main event. And you could get a Jared Goff jersey. You could. No, why not? I, how many? You think there's a lot of Jared Goff jerseys being sold? I don't think so. Nobody knows what's <laughs> well, going nobody on. Nobody believes there, in Goff. They, man, if he got you believe for in five him that much, if you believe in him that much, click that link and, uh, and put your I money where your mouth is. I don't give a shit, dude. I'll go, Goff, I'll go Goff on your ass right there. <laughs> yeah. Right there. Oh, Lord. You're going to get right a Jared there. Goff jersey. Hold on a second. I got to get it shipped. <laughs> you could put oh, it Lord. right in the closet next to my Kevin Jones. Oh my gosh, man! I got. I'm feeling good that I got myself a nice vintage Barry Sanders jersey right there, and I'm gonna get me a Jared Goff jersey, dude. Why don't we believe in this guy? How do you feel about Jared Goff out there? How how can wh what are we supposed to do? We supposed to get rid of this guy now that oh, well, Russ? Russ, he was 27 <laughs> of 39 for 330 yards. Let's say that again. 27 of 39 for 330 yards, three touchdowns, no interceptions. What a bum. Yeah, no kidding. So are we willing to accept, I mean, are we willing to accept that Goff is a top 10 quarterback? Because top 10, huh? Top, a top easily. It's easy. It's actually better than that, but he's a top 10 quarterback and we just need to accept it. So Greg is there Rice anybody is, out there that is, is, is does Greg not Rice, is he a top 10? Uh, statistically this year, look, man, uh, so uh, according to Football Outsiders, his passer rating, total QBR, regular QBR, he's ranked from third to 12th. Um, I do watch the games and, and, you know, you see some of that golf kind of come out, pardon the pun, but statistically, look, his overall gameplay this year, I'd say at minimal, he's top 12 and that's absolutely taking the, taking any sort of love. I, I've been absolutely impressed with golf this last five six weeks after kind of a four-week slump i think he's within that range ish so, so would ish. you resign a guy like that he's top 12. well i, I mean he, here's my thing mike is like look i'm looking at this quarterback class man and uh as russell knows i was really on the cj stroud uh bandwagon at first and then i started looking at bryce young and um you know a possible jamo reconnection you know, I, I just don't see a, a can't-miss prospect. Look, I'll, I'll just put it like this. I'm okay riding with Goff for another year if that means filling in holes along the defense with can't-miss prospects. I, I think you and I are exactly aligned right there. Russ has made a believer out of both of us, I think. Uh, it, it, it's really, really simple. So, Goff, I can help you out here, Greg. He's eighth in yards. He's fifth in touchdowns. He's seventh in yards per play for all you people that think he can't throw the ball 30, 50 yards down the field. And the only person that has less 
interceptions than him uh, is Tom Brady. Brady in the top 10, and he has five more touchdown passes now. <laughs> and, yes, we are live for the people asking on here. We're absolutely yes. live. Shoot your questions, man. Yep, let's go. Let's get to 500. We got Facebook user. Let's get to 500. Uh, Jared is a Brad Holmes QB. That is a very true statement right there. We got uh, another year with Goff and then draft the franchise one in 2024. I have no problem with that. That's good. Lights out. He's doing great. I'm warmed up to him completely. He's the dude. It's his job until he loses it, in my humble opinion. Uh, he's been great, and you can't deny it. That I love that statement. That's kind of where I'm feeling. It's like nobody thought he was going to do good, and he's, he's just outperformed. He's he's better. He's a Bugatti. <laughs> better than a Lambo. Yeah, he's talking about J-Mo right there. I yeah. love that kind of uh, Bugatti. Okay, we're going to come in. He's a Bugatti. Can, can, I address that, can I address that, though? Uh, QB in 24. Let's look at the other side of that, guys, for just a minute. Yes, that sounds like a great plan. Why? Because Jared Goff's playing great. But if we're taking those strides, we're talking about playoffs, we aren't going to be in the top the 10 playoffs. forward. We, it's going to be harder to get that quarterback next year than it's going to be in this upcoming draft. Uh, here's my anti-theory to that, Mike. Uh, look, man, I'm going to bring up two teams that were in a very similar situation in the San Francisco uh, 49ers as well as the Kansas City Chiefs. So look, the year the Kansas City Chiefs drafted uh, Patrick Mahomes, the, just the year before that, they were 12-4 and four with Alex Smith. They were able to wiggle their way up there and grab their guy. They completed their roster and they thought they were just a quarterback away. And I'd say it's been pretty damn successful. Now, the San Francisco 49ers is another team I use. Um, they're sitting there with Jimmy G, who I look at a quarterback with very similar traits to Jared Goff. Um, they, they did, uh, uh, while the while the jury is still out on Trey Lance, this is another team that, that did what I'm liking what they did. They completed their roster and then traded up to get their guy. I like both teams' philosophies. If you look at both these teams, these are perennial powerhouses in the NFL who have played essentially great football and have been a, have both been contending teams for the better part of a decade. And, and that is my thing to, if we have a complete roster, there's always a price. You can trade up and get your guy. It's just a matter of doing it. Right, but you've got an extra pick this year. You, you can have your normal draft and then still get that quarterback, and he doesn't have to play next year. He can sit behind Jared Goff and develop, but you won't yep. get that chance to get him without giving up capital. Like you said, wiggle your way up. That means give up capital. But I do agree with what you're saying, though. I don't think that that's Brad Holmes' plan. Uh, I don't think he's going to draft a quarterback. I think he wants to do, just like you said, drop in a quarterback on a rookie deal on a team that's ready to go, right? So I, I agree with that. 100%. I love that plan too. I, I honestly, when I say that I love golf so much, it, it's almost like, like I said, we were playing with house money when it comes with this year, nobody expected anything out of this year. So just because the guy that you got in a throw in deal is overperforming, that's a good thing, guys. I mean, the, makes the rebuild go a lot faster. Right. And we'd like to say thanks to all the Facebook users that are chiming in with your question too, and your opinion, keep them coming, man. We'll do the best we can to keep up with them. So uh, what are we talking about now? Coaching, coaching in the game against the Vikings. Well-coached game. Dan Campbell showing some real maturity, I thought, as a coach. Yeah, you got to know when to hold them and when to fold them. And I thought he made just about all the right decisions. 
barring maybe a couple of questionable ones. What do you think, Russ? Coaching. Well, I mean, when it came to what, if we're just talking about these fourth down things, I'm going to address that elephant in the room. He did go for it on fourth down. I do excuse him for the fourth down that he did go for it on where it was on their side of the field. Actually, the punt fake that worked was the biggest problem that I had, and it worked. So, I mean, you're on your side of the field. That's a very big chance to take. In, in that situation, but it did pay off for you. And when you hire a cowboy, you got to expect cowboy kind of things. Right. Greg, what do you think? Coaching. Well, I, I'd give it, um, I'd give it a nine out of 10. I mean, I'll just be blunt with you. That opening, what was it? The opening drive where we went for it on fourth down was not a fan of it. Um, I just, uh, I love the cowboy mentality. I just think as we begin to play more competitive football, you know, conservative and logical coaching decisions is what I'm looking for more. Uh, that being said, um, he kind of offset that with that punt fake. I think that was a gutsy, bold move that no one expected. I certainly did in that far back into our own territory. So, so shout out to our special teams coach and, and shout out to Campbell for calling that. Um, coaching defensively, I got to give it up for AG, man. Look, we came in and Christian Darisol was out. I'll, I'll give you that. But we went out there and we put some pressure on as well as um, got four sacks on Kirk Cousins, who essentially was lights out yesterday. I, I know a lot of NFC North fans with, with Kirk Cousins' antics, he went out there and he balled out and we still pulled out the victory and pulled it out in convincing fashion. I love what our defensive did, defense did, um, other than Justin Jefferson, who just went absolutely ham on us, but that that's okay. Um, coaching is improving, you guys, every week. I'm, and it doesn't get talked much about. Look, we went through a series of, of second halves, you guys, where it just seems like Ben Johnson could not make adjustments to save his life. It looks like that is, that is a thing in the past. We are yeah. getting it done, and we're getting it done when it matters in December playing meaningful football. Great call out. Yeah, for sure. Lions two for two in the red zone, seven and 15 on third down. Just what you're talking about there. Uh, learning to make adjustments and, and the coaches maturing and developing and, and really getting it together. Uh, Aaron Glenn's defense was absolutely stellar. Like you said, four sacks, a couple of fumble recoveries. Uh, making it happen, making a, a high-powered offense. They kept getting helped out by the refs a couple of times on third down. Um, there's some Lions, Lions made some really great stops. The, they gave up a ton of yardage to Justin Jefferson, but they kept him out of the end zone. Or did they? <laughs> Greg, was Justin Jefferson out of bounds on that play? I'm pretty sure the answer is obviously no, but what, what do you make of that whole situation? Uh, absolutely not. Uh, Justin Jefferson uh, did what Justin Jefferson did. It seems like we had every secondary player in that mix right there. And that was a touchdown, folks. Um, I, I know a lot a lot of us do as fans. We like to look at the plays called against us, but not be so open-minded open when the plays come for us. That was an absolute, absolute saving grace for us. Um, Justin Jefferson was inbounds, never out of bounds. That was a touchdown. Um, I, I'm not a fan of blown calls. And that was an incredibly blown call. Uh, that should have been seven on the, at least six on the board for the Vikings. Um, I, I, I kind of just embarrassed for officiating yesterday. Kind of a couple wishy-washy calls. Just the whole the whole vibe of the game on some of those calls just really kind of threw me for a loop. So no, uh, Vikings fans, Justin Jefferson absolutely scored there. You got a you got a heck of a player there, man. Um, sorry that call didn't go your way. It was an obviously blown call. Yeah, they out they out uh, penalized. I mean, we, we had seven penalties. They only had three. 
So it wasn't like they were, but but they had some crucial ones in those threes. Yeah. And then that call of Justin Jefferson being out of bounds really, really was a saving grace for the Lions, like you said. Um, uh, so, what, so what, playoffs? Are we going to make the playoffs now? Our hopes are alive. Well, let me let me address this uh, the 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 thing about Justin Jefferson because I wanted to say something about that. I'm the biggest homer on this this panel, and I know that. And I'm not going to deny that he was inbounds on that. But what I will say is the referee blows the whistle, and when they blow the whistle, the guys stop playing. Now he may have scored, or he may not have scored, but our guys stopped when the whistle stopped. So it's not fair to say that he would have guaranteed make it in when they whistled the play dead. That's all I'll say about it. I think that's that's a valid point also, that the play was whistled dead. But I, So I, let me uh, – I'm figure that one out, though. We were all mystified. Like, what is going on? Yeah. But the well, they production st- crew did a terrible job. The officials did a terrible job. If I was the Minnesota Vikings, I would have been totally livid about that. It was really, really bad from there. So let me get into some of these comments. I actually figured out a little cheat code here because I have two – things opened up here and i'm actually able to see the names here so uh julie says uh but that play doesn't matter they got a t day a td a few plays later anyway that's a good point point. (laughs) so uh uh kevin spencer says what advantages do we have going into next week game so kevin we're going to cover that in the next segment when uh we we do the know thy enemy brother hello from richmond virginia hi uh i think that's a uh, dion dion clark in the house and uh Stephen hayward says going to the game in new york next week right. so pumped all right dude we we got your back man we we need pictures and uh, yeah, let's let's go that route right there. So those were a couple comments. Time now for our segment. We're gonna call playoffs. 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 <laughs> yeah. Thank you, Jim Mora. <laughs> yes, sir. Ross, tell me about it. Lions have a chance to make the playoffs. Mathematically, three times pi times twelve to the second power. How do the <laughs> Lions make it in the playoffs? All right, I'm gonna pull Greg right here. I'm gonna be real with you guys. So yes. Last week, when the Washington Commanders tied the New York Giants, it made it very, very almost borderline impossible for us to make the playoffs this year. There's a possibility that we could actually win all four of our games and still not make the playoffs because of that tie. So we need a lot of help. There is an algorithm that's out there, but the... The one algorithm that must remain constant is that we have to win the next four games, and that is the minimum one game, and we're out. We're in the playoffs right now. The playoffs. So that's my that's my take on that. Is all four games doesn't get us there for sure. It's hard to win four games in a row in the NFL. It's really hard to win six games in a row, and that essentially what it would be since they're already two and zero on that stretch. Correct. So, so I, the odds the odds say it's not going to happen. But then again, I thought the Raiders were going to beat the Rams. So what do I know? <laughs> Greg, what do you think? Playoffs? Oh, I'm sorry. I'm so- I had a glitch in the matrix. I felt like Dalvin Cook there on the goal line yesterday. <laughs> I, hey, gaps are closing. I'm just going to stand here and wait to get a forced fumble. Yeah, amazing. <laughs> sorry about that, gentlemen. Yeah, good old Dalvin Cook. Uh, where he ranks in, in terms of running backs, Lord knows now. Um, you know, when it comes down to it, you guys, I, I, I look at this last game was just as important. 
but I honestly look at the Jets as the biggest threat on our schedule. Um, I know we're going to get into that segment. Um, this game can and will determine our chances of making the playoffs. If we lose this next game, you guys, I I've counted this out. It's no offense. It's just like Russell was tapping into. That tie game um, really hurt us. Uh, the Seahawks losing yesterday helped us. But right now, we need a lot of help. And, and, and all I can say to Lions fans, if we don't make the, the playoffs, let's just be in control of our own destiny, man. If we can pull at least three out of four of these next games, we know we're trending in the right direction. And life is good. A playoff run would be amazing, you guys. Unfortunately, just with such a slow start, uh, I, I think I've seen a graphic. We'd be the first team in NFL history to make the playoffs with a one and six record to start out with. It's a lot to ask. So I, I'm just taking it game by game and looking forward to this next game. Yeah, it, it would be like you said, though, even if they miss the playoffs, if they finish with a record above 500, hell, if they 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 finish with a record more than six wins, yeah. um, then that'll bust all those suckers in Vegas who bet against the Lions and I, that'll make me happy. Let's put a bow on it. Lions beat the Vikings 34-23. Uh, they, we had them in their place, but we kicked their butt in our place. And uh, we're going to put a bow on it and look, put it in the rearview mirror and look ahead now to the Jets. Play that drop, Russ. And on the way up, we're going to bite a kneecap off. No, no, and this week, we welcome Brian Golden from the J-E-T-S Jets, Jets, Jets. The enemy camp is here. We're going to talk this matchup this week. Playoff implications. The Jets are pretty good defensively, but do they have the horses to hang with our Lions offensively? We're going to figure that out this week on this episode of No, no, no Brian, welcome to the main stage. Thanks. It's great to be here. How's everyone doing? <laughs> We're, we're doing great, doing man. Great. We're looking ahead to the J-E-T-S -E Jets against the Detroit Lions at MetLife Stadium. And uh, what, do you, what do you think of your team's chances? Um, well, like you guys were just saying, uh, the Jets, uh, this is an absolute must-win game for the Jets as well as it is for the Lions. Um, you know, our playoff chances are hanging in the balance. Um, I'm confident that the Jets match up really well with the Lions because our stellar defense, um, you know, the offense for the Lions ups, uh, you know, very good, but the Jets uh, defense is, is obviously the strength of their team. Um, the one thing that kind of I'm on the fence about is the injuries that kind of popped up this week. Corner uh, Williams going down. That's a, that's a big injury. Hopefully he'll be is healthy he and ready to go. Oh, you so is he in danger of missing the game? I hadn't heard about that. Um, he's day to day. Wow, that's a game changer if he doesn't play. Go ahead. I'm sorry. No, he's no worries. Uh, Mike White obviously um, came out of nowhere, um, and he is key to the Jets' offense moving the ball. And I know um, against lighter defenses, he has really thrived. And I know the Lions' uh, defense has struggled. Um, and, and I think that the Jets can exploit that. Um, so I guess we'll find out, you know, it all depends upon these injuries. If the Jets go in, you know, moderately healthy, um, then I'd be more confident. So I guess we'll find out what happens, I guess, later in the week when it comes to the injuries. Zach Wilson's healthy, right? <laughs> um, he, yeah, yeah. Just and, well, he's healthy he's physically, healthy. um, he's mentally, <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not sure he's, uh, 
he's super healthy. Um, wow. And I'm not I sure his checked. teammates. Sorry? I'm sorry. I was just checking on that. It was Zach Wilson healthy. He wasn't benched for for health reasons. No, 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 no. You think Mike White's a better QB? Absolutely. There's no question. I mean, wow. I, I know from the Detroit, I you know, the fan base, you guys probably don't see the Jets all that often. It's not on your local networks. Yeah, um, but, yeah, but the, we're pretty good sports fans. We know Zach Wilson was the number two overall draft pick. And the kid's got true. a lot of moxie and he's got a lot of potential. And, uh, you know, what we don't have is the New York media to listen to to help steer our minds and wrap our minds around it. That's why I'm asking. This kid's healthy. Why is he sitting on the bench? Why do you like this Mike White guy after one or two games more than what um, this kid's already showed you? Well, if you recall last year, Mike White came in. Um, he played in three games. He lit the Bengals up for over 400 yards in his first ever NFL start. Um his second game, he was lighting up the Colts before he got hurt. And then the Bills game happened. The Jets fell behind early, and then he threw a whole bunch of Eric picks. Um, and that was the last you heard of Mike White until this year, um, where they didn't even – he was the third-string quarterback starting the season, which even at that time I knew it was a mistake, um, you know, because they have Joe Flacco as their, their backup who is at this point washed up, unfortunately. Um, and, you know, the the sky was, the, the you know, the limit on Zach was super high going into the season. We all had very high expectations and high hopes for him. I was a big Zach fan. I was rooting for him. However, it's been obvious throughout the course of the season that Zach just was not the answer. I mean, he, uh, despite the Jets getting off to that, pretty good start with Zach. I mean, I believe Zach is five and two as a starter. Um, yeah. He's had really one good quarter uh, this entire season, which was against Pittsburgh in the fourth quarter um, where he really moved the football the best I've ever seen him. And since then it's the defense that has won the Jets, the games. Mm-hmm. So then Mike White comes in after Zach did not take responsibility for his putrid play against the Patriots it's my quarterback. Um, I think he lost the locker room. And then White comes in um, against the Bears. Nobody kind of knew what to expect. And then it was, I believe, three touchdowns and almost 400 yards that game against, uh, yeah. So White White definitely is a great leader. He got beat up yesterday against the Bills. Um, was knocked out of the game twice. Came to the came back in and almost led the Jets for the second week in a row where they they couldn't muster a comeback. Um, even though you guys beat the Vikings, we did not. Um, so so that's what you're going to get from Mike White. Um, he's just a really good, steady quarterback. He's not a world beater, but as long as he's playing and he's moderately healthy and he stays clean in the pocket, I think the Jets have a really good chance to win. All right. We're going to send some questions to you now around from our panel. We're going to start out on the West Coast, representing the Honolulu Blue and Silver and Cali. It's at Greg Rice 20. Greg, what's your question for our Jets super fan? Hey, Brian, I just want to thank you so much for coming on, man. You seem really well informed, man. Um, So, I mean, I can't help but bring this up, man. Uh, How good is this Jets defense? You know, um, I have seen some great Jets Jets defenses over my lifetime. uh, a plet, uh, just a historical franchise in terms of great defenses. I, I mean, I'm looking at this on paper. 
Carl Lawson, uh, Quinton Williams, you said might be questionable. Sheldon Rankin, uh, Sheldon Rankins, uh, Jonathan Franklin Myers, your linebacker core, obviously Sauce, who is according to uh, PFF the best defensive rookie, and according to Vegas, best odds last time I checked of winning defensive rookie of the year. Um, how good is this defense compared to other historical defenses, and, and where do you think that they can stifle this high-powered Lions offense? So. The Jets' defense starts and ends with their secondary. Um, Sauce and DJ Reed is at the other corner position, are both outstanding corners. And when they they are able to protect against that initial read, then it gives the the Jets' line and occasionally their linebackers, because the Jets typically don't blitz much, because they'll send their four. If Quentin Williams is healthy, they'll just send four guys at you. And they get to the quarterback. They, I believe they have the the most pressures out of any team in the NFL, um, yes, just sir. with their just with their four liners, uh, you know, four four guys on the D line. Um, yeah. So each of them are are very good, and they rotate their defensive linemen to keep them fresh. So assuming Quinn and Williams is is good, I mean Sauce is is you know like you said is great. DJ Reed is very underrated. The the safeties are good enough. And like you said, C.J. Mosley, even though he made a bonehead play this week, is outstanding. And their other linebackers are tackling machines. Um, so their defense is as advertised. Historically, I mean, you know, the last really good secondary the Jets have had was when Revis and Cromartie were on the team, which oh. is going back to that 2010 yes, team. Um, so... You know, I would say they're probably on par with them just because their secondary is so strong in coverage. Nice. Thank you so much. No Russ, what do you got for, for Brian? I'm interested in the, the matchup of our defense versus your offense. I heard you say earlier that you thought you the Lions defense. Now, if you're looking at the Lions body of defense from week one to eight, I, I mean, I feel you on that, but this is a completely different Lions defense that you're going to have to deal with James Houston. You're going to have to deal with Josh Pascal. You're going to have to deal with a whole bunch of defensive linemen coming at him. How do you think that your offense is going to, to score against our defense? So that, that's been the Jets' Achilles heel. A uh, couple things, right? Uh, their offensive line is um, questionable at best. You know, they started off the year very well, but it's been a whole bunch of injury-laden players that are playing. They're they're on their third and fourth stringers at this point. They're bringing yeah. guys off the street to play their own line. So that's one thing. Um, I'm going to guess they're going to probably use a lot of running backs. They use a lot of tight ends in the backfield on their blocking schemes. I mean, uh, how are you going to score? I mean, <laughs> well, um, I'll be the first to admit I'm not a huge fan of the Jets' offensive uh, play calling. Um you know, I'm a, you know, Mike LaFleur is their offensive coordinator, the brother of Matt LaFleur. You know, he's very innovative, but he's also young and inexperienced. So the Jets have really good big play potential. Their receivers are very good. And their backs are pretty good despite losing Brees Hall for the season. They still have pretty good backs and they're they're able to catch it out of the backfield. Scoring in the red zone has been a big issue for the Jets. Uh, I know against the Vikings, they struggled against the Bills. Bills have a very good defense, but they were able to move the ball late against the Bills too. Mike White is a very good pressure quarterback. He has been getting off the slower starts though. 
And in all honesty, I believe it's due to the play calling. I thought we were able to move the ball at ease against the Vikings. We we're just going to get it in the end zone. Yeah. yeah. That Barrios drop, man. You guys should have had him beat, man. Killer. Vikings have lucked out with a lot of lucky circumstances, especially oh, against that AFC East. Absolutely. Their, their luck ran out yesterday because they ran into a young, hungry defense that your New York Jets are going to face next week. Um, and, you know, they're led by former Jet Aaron Glenn. Does your fandom go back that far to remember Aaron Glenn? Absolutely. Aaron Glenn was uh, one of my favorite uh, players on the Jets and their secondary. And, and I know what you loved about him was his fire and his competitiveness, right? And now he's instilled that in these young uh, 21, 22-year-old guys, and they're starting. the game is starting to slow down for them. And I think the Jets are running into a buzzsaw on Sunday. And the, the unknown for me is this Mike White. I've never seen this guy play a full game. I've only seen highlights of him. I, I don't remember him coming out of college, and I'm very, very up on uh, NFL draft and scouting in that. And I just don't remember this guy. He, nothing ever stuck out about him to me. It's an unknown for me. What I do know is I have the best haircut on this panel tonight. <laughs> so, uh, and I do think that uh, Aiden Hutchinson is going to have a stellar four game stretch down the end, and he's going to snatch defensive rookie of the year away from Sauce Gardner. Quick question for you, Brian. Has Sauce given up a touchdown yet as a pro? I think yeah. he gave one up to Jefferson because I remember that celebration yes. type of thing. I, so I'm, I'm fairly certain that is true. Okay. Um, okay, so that streak's over. Yes, correct. So that means Aiden's going to win the defensive rookie of the year. <laughs> <laughs> okay, now that we got that out of the way. All right. <laughs> hey, Brian, if we didn't say it before, thank you so much for coming on our show tonight. Yeah, my really pleasure. Having so you. much fun. And – um. We, we got one more, just a couple more questions for okay. you. Um, it's not on our graphics here, but I want to ask you, what are going to be the keys to winning real quick on both sides of the ball for the Jets to beat these Lions? Jets need to establish a um, the running game early. Um, I think once they establish the running game, um, then it opens up all these passing lanes for, for, um, for Mike White and the Jets offense through the air. Um, I think that's first and foremost. If the Jets are showing early that they can move the ball, it's going to be a long day for the for the uh, Lions. Um, yeah. You know, obviously they got to slow down the passing attack for Jared Goff and the boys. Shocking. Mm -hmm. uh, what do you guys think of Jared Goff? Jared Goff, uh, good? Not good? Oh, don't ask Russ what he thinks of Jared Goff. <laughs> this, is a, this is a limited time club. program. <laughs> yeah. Well, the Jets' defense has got to slow him down. I think if we could get to golf early and often, I think it's going to get out of reach pretty quick. To be honest with you, okay. But that's the key. That's the key. They have to. They Definitely. have to get to golf early. They have to be able to establish the run early. All right. And then Brian, next question for you: What do you consider the most intriguing matchup in this game? The secondary versus the wide receivers of the um, Lions. So our yes. receivers against your secondary. Correct. Uh, I like it. I'm on Ross St. Brown and Jamison Williams. Did you see this guy? I have. Well, I saw him in college. I didn't see him this week. <laughs> he, people have described him as a Lamborghini. What do you think of that? <laughs> um, well, I guess that remains to be seen. We'll see how he does this week. Russ, hey, Russ what's you your most intriguing matchup in this game? I mean, I think that you, I think I hit it a little bit earlier. I mean, I, I, I mean, unless you guys win two to zero, I don't see you scoring against this defense. I'm just going to be honest with you. 
that, that didn't sound like a matchup. Greg, That's what's matchup. the most intriguing matchup for you? Well, I'm going to bring up two just to kind of uh, uh, fluff it up for us. Um, I'm looking at our secondary versus what I consider a great trio of Jets wide receivers. Uh, Elijah Moore, uh, Davis, as well as Garrett Wilson. Um, look, I I'll be the first to tell you, uh, Brian, our secondary has been rather inconsistent at times. Um, when Jeff Okuda's out, we are definitely lacking. Um, it you wouldn't have to be a rocket scientist to know that Will Harris and Amani Awarier are, are possibly not going to be NFL players next year, if they all, they'll be very deep on the depth chart. So um, that is something I'm looking at. My biggest thing, though, and I hate to hammer it home because his name's been brought up, is I'm looking at 15-year veteran uh, Dwayne Brown, who I do believe stepped in, and forgive me if I get his first and last initials wrong, Makai Mecton or Makai Becton, who's Mekhi filling Mekhi. in for him. I, I would have loved to see that matchup uh, between Hutch. Uh, you guys have Dwayne Brown. Uh, what are your thoughts on Dwayne, Dwayne Brown? Has he been kind of showing his 15-year veteran, or is he still a, a savvy veteran, in your opinion? And what are your um, thoughts on him going up against Hutch? Well, Hutchinson's obviously a very good player. Um, you know, I, I think that's going to be a tough matchup for the Jets because yeah. Hutchinson brings a lot of speed. Yeah. Um, Brown has been okay, not great. Yeah. Um, I think the tackle position has been uh, more of a struggle yeah. um, because at least Brown has been playing. I mean, yeah. Fant, Fant has come back. He's on the other side of the line. He he struggled a little bit yeah. last week. Um, so if they could protect, I mean, the middle, it's the middle of the Jets offensive line that has really struggled. Yeah. So, you know, we'll see what happens with Hutch. I'm sure he's going to get a, you know, some, some looks at, at who's ever behind center. Um, yeah. So that should be an interesting matchup. All right. Thanks. Thanks, Brian. Yeah. Russ, did you have anything else to add on intriguing matchup? Oh, no. I was going to get into the comments before we get into the predictions. Is let's that cool? All yeah, right. Let's do it. So I think I just got called a hater. I, I'm assuming that he's talking to me because uh, I'm throwing out all the hate. Um, <laughs> I think I'm going to go with the Jets this weekend. So I think I really made somebody mad dang i'm sorry about that uh your best chance just through the air um jets will not be able to open up the run game okay no either I, I think that's I, a great call out and i apologize for not answering the intriguing matchup i guess my answer would have been our defensive line versus your offensive line was my most intriguing matchup because i think it's <laughs> um so uh i don't think i think yeah i'm not Jay sure if that's a great matchup to be honest i think the lions are <laughs> Well, that's what I mean. Right I mean, the line. can yeah. you can good, you good for the Lions? Not great yeah. for the Jets. Yeah. <laughs> um, Je Thanks I agree with Brian. this next one right here. I agree with this 100. Uh, Jets have a respectable defense. Your defense scares the crap out of me because yeah. of I know how Jared Goff does sometimes under pressure, and he's my boy. <laughs> and, and that and that he, uh, he has the yips. Yeah. That, that Facebook user, I didn't get to my intriguing matchup. Uh, I misunderstood you, Russ. I thought you were flipping it around, uh, which so I didn't comment because I thought mine was the same, which I think the, the most intriguing matchup is our offensive line against their defensive line. That's the strength of each one of these teams. Yes. Right? But when he said, came on here and said Quentin Williams wasn't going to play, I was shocked. What? Wait a minute. That's a game changer. Yeah. Um, I think that, uh, that they have one of the most talented front fours in the league. We Absolutely. obviously have one of the most talented offensive lines in the league. Uh, anchored by the great Brock Wright, 
I might answer, might add. Um, so I think that's the most intriguing matchup. Whoever wins the line of scrimmage when the Lions yes, have the ball, because I think we can roll up enough points. If we can put enough points on the board, there's no way to Russ's point, no way the Jets can put up enough to catch up. So let's get it, man. I mean, if you're out there in Facebook land or wherever you're watching from, get your predictions in way we do. We log it. We log it with the score. And the prediction. So, That's yeah, right. go all in. Let's That's do it. That's right. Predictions for the game now. It's time. Uh, this segment brought to you by MattPatriciaStupidFace.com. Go over to MattPatriciaStupidFace.com. I agree with that one. Your chance to win an NFL jersey, courtesy of NFL Shop and the main event 365. All right, Brian, prediction for the game. I want to hear who's going to win and give me a score. Uh, you know I'm going with the Jets. Um, That's right. I have to. I mean – I'm thinking the Jets are going to hold them, so it's going to be – Lions are, will score. I'm thinking something like uh, 21-15 Jets. 21-15 All right. Jets. All right. Russ, what do you got? All right. I'm going to – because I like where you're at right there because I do think that this is going to be a defensive game, and, uh, and I'm going to let you have that 15 points, right? I'm going to say the Lions are going to win, and it's going to be 15-3. to Whoa, low scoring game. Uh, you guys are <laughs> underestimating Mike White big time. Yeah, yeah, yeah he's the unknown. <laughs> you'll, you'll be shocked by what you see if you okay. have not seen this guy play. Mike Weiss, your turn. Um, so, look, uh, I agree, you guys. It's going to be a, a, a low scoring affair. Um, you know, we talked about it earlier. Jared Goff struggles against stout uh, elite defenses. And if you don't consider the Jets defense elite, they're at least borderline. And I'm sure the only people that wouldn't consider him is probably AFC division rivals. Um, Jared Goff struggled big time against Belichick. Um, struggled big time against Dan Quinn's defense in Dallas. Uh, I do think this will be a low-scoring affair. However, I just look at our offensive weaponry, and I know the Jets have a great defense, but 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 something's got to give. Something's got to give. We just have a plethora of talent across the offensive board. I'm going to give the Lions this game, I'll say uh, 20 to 17 in a close affair. Wow. Uh, yeah, a lot of great points there, Greg. Uh, definitely, I think, like, just what you said, we got too many weapons. And I'm sorry, man. Normally, I'm the conservative guy on this panel, Brian, but I think your team's going to get truck stick tonight, uh, next <laughs> week. We're The Lions, they're running into the hottest team in the NFL. We've already won in that stadium against a team with a better record than you. Oh, the Giants aren't um, and, as good as the Jets. Anyone from New York clicking. will tell you that. Well, I agree. Okay, that, that, and you're entitled to that. I'm just saying they had a better record at the time than the Jets in the same stadium, and this team wasn't even clicking the way it is now. Uh, I think we're going to smoke them 31-10. to 10. Lions by two. Wow, man. Hey, don't mind us, Brian. Don't yeah. mind us. Ooh. Brian, and I, and I want you to know, you're like one of the first guests we ever let stay on for predictions. Because we don't want you to hear how Homerish we get. <laughs> so, thanks so much for being on and giving us your honest opinions today, guys. Let's Brian, thank you for your so time, man. Thank you so much, Brian. Pleasure, guys, good luck this week and uh, All right. Yeah, good, that's right. Yeah, good luck. That's right, really. Jets, All right. Jets, Jets, Jets. I got to throw on. A uh, fun fact: I was born on the day the Jets won the Super Bowl. So. All right, wow. Let's get into some of these comments because it's time we'll for it. the we're getting the encore, right? Is this the encore? This is the encore brought to you by Rocket sure. Mobile Detailing. What wow. will it take, Greg, while we're waiting on him? What will it take? I want your opinion real quick. 
and for Hutz to pry away that defensive rookie of the year from Sauce, what would have to happen? Um, I'm going to need to see, uh, look, Hutch has, ever since I bagged on a man, this guy is just a pressure machine. Um, this is going to be a game, which is, whether we want to admit it or not as Lions fans, this is going to be a game which is going to help determine it. Uh, who's going to win this defensive rookie of the year. I need to see a sack, and I need to not only see a sack, but a strip sack from Aiden ah. Hutchinson. Oh. Um, I'm going to need to see Jamison Williams just go lights out on sauce, just burn him one time, just burn him one time for a statement, and, and, and let him know who, who the best defensive rookie is in this year's draft class. They have the same amount of interceptions. Yeah, but, I mean, it, it, look, that is such a tantalizing, one-sided, objective kind yeah, of just it. pushing a narrative. Um, look, Sauce has, has been lights out, man. This has been one of the best rookie performances. Look, man, Sauce has made uh, PFF's all-third quarter team. We're talking over every other quarter in the league. Sauce has given up maybe a handful of plays. And then when you compare him to uh, the likes of Jir Alexander, Jalen Ramsey, Marshawn Lattimore, all these guys, we don't have enough hands on this panel to talk about all the plays they've given up. And, wow. and Sauce is literally, yeah, Sauce is literally giving up maybe a handful of plays, man. All right, but so, he's got seven sacks, two interceptions, a fumble recovery, a, a pre-QB pressure is eaten. I mean, there's nothing he's going to be able to do to overcome this kid's season. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, we got to win this game. Uh, whether we want to admit it or not, uh, 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 the team record does have an impact on, um, as well as head-to-head -head matchup, will have an impact on this voting. Right. You know, So like I said, I need to see a strip sack on Mike White. Um, Hutchinson has played absolutely li lights out, but but uh, so is Sauce. You know, and I just, uh, I'm just trying to give an honest, humble take here. Uh, I you look at the matchups uh, Jefferson has has played, or excuse me, uh, Sauce has played against. You can't deny the kid's talent, man. Oh, no, he's awesome. He's a product of Detroit, you know. He's awesome. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, it's going to be interesting. What do we got from the comments, Russ? Uh, 24, tw uh, 13 Lions, 13, 17 Lions. Uh, 30, 17 Lions. 30 to 17. I think we're going to score. Lions continue Ooh, to score in the 30s, 31 14. God, that's uh, such a good call out. Continue to call in the 30s. Lions have scored, what, seven games now over 30 points, some franchise record. Right. Yes, sir. Um, Lions have a horrible defense, and that's what uh, that's what gives the Jets the edge, in my opinion. Okay, Brian's brother made a comment. That's cool. <laughs> <laughs> Something like that. Lions win uh uh 14 to 6. <laughs> this is a good one. Mike White is a rib blow away from death. <laughs> oh, oh, no. oh no. Oh, don't be talking about Mike White like that. Now, I mean, now well, Brian thinks that we're underestimating Mike White. Are we underestimating Mike White in your opinion? I don't know uh, enough about him. I I I have had I have had the privilege of watching uh, more than a few Jets games. I have caught a couple of Mike White games. Look, um, Mike White is very good. I don't think it's a flash in the pan. I think they might be onto something for the Jets, who I looked at essentially like the Bears as the last team in the NFL to finally find a, a bona fide franchise quarterback. Um, I think this kid has the, the the backing of the city, but you see how in New York things can change. Zach Wilson had it over the summer for some non-football-related reasons. But I think Mike White is gives this team a good chance to win. And like I said, they were a burials drop in the end zone away from beating these same Vikings that we just beat. 
You know, so um, I, I think we are underestimating Mike White. He comes in with charisma, the, the backing of the city. I, I'm, I'm sure Jet Stadium is going to be livid, pulling for this team. Um, so I'm not sleeping on Mike White. Uh, a rib blow away from death. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I mean, I'm looking through these comments. We got a lot of love for the Lions. I think there's only a couple people that had picked the Jets. There's a lot of love around here for the Lions. They've uh, continued to make us happy in this area and here's the thing that i want to tell everybody if you're loving on the lions don't listen to the haters honestly don't let it ruin your week it doesn't even matter you get one week you get seven days to run your mouth because you won this week and ain't nobody gonna take that away from you i don't care if justin jefferson had 500 yards receiving in a loss you lost who cares it don't matter the rest of your team didn't do anything it's like come on you, you got every, it's a team effort, guys. Yeah. There is no I in team. And the Lions are definitely playing like a team, man. Team. Any, any closing shots you want to make there, Greg? Absolutely. I want to take a closing shot at the Vikings. So, look, um, look, kudos to the Vikings. The division's yours. Um, 10 and 3 now. Absolutely amazing. Cool story, bro. However you want to put it. Um, I, I, I'll give you this. You're, you're the best team in the division based on experience. Our Lions are coming for that division title next year, though, man. You give us another Brad Holmes draft, and uh, we're going to make some magic happen. And, um, you know, you can look at the record and say, hey, we're still one of the be NFL's best team. Man, you look at some of these victories, that sweeping of the AFC East, you are a Hunter Henry uh, a called back TD, a Teddy Bridgewater playing instead of Tua, um, a Berrios drop, which I brought up a few times already, and uh, what, what's the uh, – a Josh Dan Allen Campbell. free bubble. Dan yeah. Campbell. Uh, Dan Campbell, yeah. So, um, kudos. I'll say you guys are the fourth best team in the NFC. I, I just look at your record, and I think it, it looks a lot better on paper if you just look at the stats than it did during a lot of those games, man. And um, fourth best team in the NFC, um, you're a good team, but you ain't better than the Eagles, uh, the Cowboys, or, or a Purdy-led Niners. Take that, Vikings. Yeah, I, I don't think he was hard enough on them. Are you kidding? I thought you were going to go at him, Greg. These guys need to know. Hey, Viking fans, look in these eyes right here. It's over for you. It's <laughs> over. The next I, 10 years, the next 10 years, you guys are, are, are going to be on the bottom of our footprint right there. We're going to walk over you for the next 10 years. All of our team is 21, 22 years old. They're kids. Guess what? They're not even going to be as good as they're going to be for two years. And we're still right. kicking your ass. And so we'll don't be coming at us like you got something. You ain't got nothing. The Lions, oh, my God, if we get into the playoffs, baby, I'm going to say the two words, Super don't Bowl. Don't, don't get us into oh. the playoffs. Don't put us into the playoffs because ain't nobody from the NFC want to face this team. Say those words again. Say them words again. Super Bowl. Wow. Playoffs. Wow. <laughs> Uh, sure. Is that Homer enough for you? That oh. was 100% Homer. It, that that is Bacardi 151 Homer right there. That is beyond Kool Aid. Um, look, I don't think we're anywhere near you personnel wise. You stuff, dude. I appreciate it, dude. I I, I, I can't afford alcohol. Now, wait a minute, Russ. So, if we make it to the Super Bowl, who's gonna be the MVP for the Lions? Oh. Are, you, are you ready for this? Tell oh me. Lord, Jared Goff, baby, and I'm gonna send him a Christmas card. All right, Monday night may stay down. I'm putting an end to this nonsense here. Uh <laughs>
Monday Night Moontay. Thanks, everybody, oh. on the internet for joining us. For Greg Rice, I'm Kelly. For the producer, Russ Wayne, I'm Main Event Mike. Thanks so much for uh, stopping in and hanging out with us tonight. God bless each and every one of you. Peace out. One pride. <laughs>